Welcome, 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 welcome to the F3 podcast where we discuss all things pertaining to faith, family, and finances. We are your host today. I am Dr. Lionel M. Blair Sr., and I'm sitting next to the gorgeous, the wonderful, the beautiful, <laughs> sainted mother, <laughs> the sainted mother herself. Glory. Let me stop. Dr. Jasmine Blair, we got a good one for you today. A really good one. Welcome, everybody, to the F3 Podcast. If this is your first time with us, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hit the notification button so you will be notified anytime we premiere a new episode. And be sure to take us with you. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and wherever your favorite podcasts are streamed. Be sure to check out the information in the description box as well as the show notes. We've got some great offers and products and services for you. You can find out how you can support the podcast and how you can suggest a topic. If you've got a show topic, if you've got a question you want us to answer here on air, go ahead and click that button and leave us a voice message. And your topic may be the topic of the very next episode. We're so excited to get into this one because this is a follow-up to the other episode that we were doing about your pastor's friends are not your besties. Because that mentality usually goes along in situations like this, which we refer to as sheep shifting. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk today about what is sheep shifting, how to recognize the red flags. And if you are somebody who's been unknowingly shifted, what you need to do to get back in alignment with what God has intended for your purpose and your destiny in life. So I'm going to kick this over to you to go ahead and get us started and dig right in into this topic. I want you to tell us about sheep shifting. For those who've never heard this term, I'm sure this is shocking for a lot of people. Maybe you've been shifted or you've seen somebody shifted, but you didn't really have uh, a terminology for it. So I want you to break this down for those who are really green to this subject. Because unfortunately, this does happen in a body. Tell us in your own words, what is sheep shifting and why it's a problem? Well, sheep shifting is when sheep shift. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, is is when you leave or are pulled from a God-ordained place. Mm -hmm. It may be like a church or ministry or whatever, a God-ordained place. And you go to a place where God didn't send you and you want to be settled there, mm. you know, and, you know, now see, see, I look at how the ancient church handles these kind of things. Yes. Yes. I look at, if you study Christianity in the first century, second century, third century, and which it would behoove you to do so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Listen, you can even leave a church and go to another church and become a member of that church unless you have a written permission and release from the bishop of your original church. Mm. Yeah. And if you did not have that, then guess what? You could go in there and sit, but you couldn't partake of nothing. You weren't part of the fold. You could just you, you just go in there and sit. Why? Because the there was there was such a level of accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time. And I think that certain things we have lost today and certain things we have lost today 
uh, that mm. we should have kept. Yes. And, you know, uh, it was just, just, just like I was telling somebody recently, I'm new school with old school ways. <laughs> you know, I believe in some of the old school ways, not a lot, of, not a lot of them, but some of the old school ways I believe in. All right. So, so there's, there's a number of ways that this happens. Sometimes people get offended and they leave a ministry, right? They, they get offended, they leave a ministry and they go somewhere else that they like. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, some people are genuinely wounded. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's uh, some people are genuinely wounded, damaged, abused. Okay. And God may assign another shepherd to you. All right. But God ain't just in the business of just assigning you another shepherd because you get offended. That's true. He's not, he's, he's not going to do it. If God planted you somewhere, okay, and you just up and leave, guess what? Gifts and callings are without repentance. You're still operating the gifts and the callings, but you're still out of the will of God. I'm sorry. There's no, uh, there's no nice way to put this. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you leave your assigned place, you're out of the will of God. You are out of the will of God. Now you're grown. You can go anywhere you want. Right. But in the name of I'm grown, I can go anywhere I want. People are rebelling against the king. Mm. You're rebelling against Christ now. See, it's not even about your pastor. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really about God. Because a lot of y'all have a problem with God. Because God's ways you got a problem with. All right. So, 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 so I've seen where people would just up and leave because they offended with the pastor or, you know, you know, you know, pastor may make a mistake or whatever. He factored all that in before he, before he sent you. Okay. He factored the pastor's flaws, mistakes, okay, and everything else before he sent you. Okay. Mm. Come on here. So, 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 so when a flaw manifests, okay, God used that as a moment to test your character, mm-hmm. to test your love walk, and most of y'all fail. Because see, you 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 restore anybody except the pastor. You restore a lot of y'all more merciful to the LGBTQ community than you are your your own pastors and your brothers and sisters in the faith. Something's wrong with that. All right, but then there are there are there are leaders who like to go into other folds and flocks and pull people. And pull people, and um, you know that is it, it, is very wicked because see, anytime you have to do something manipulatively, underhandedly, um, mm-hmm. you have to belittle someone else to make yourself greater than that person to convince someone to follow you. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, something is wrong with you. All right. And God gonna get you for it. He may not get you tomorrow, but he'll get you before he, he'll get you. He'll get you on this side or the other side. He's gonna get you. <laughs> okay. All you all y'all who do that. See, this is one of the reasons why I kind of stay to myself in ministry. Mm-hmm. Only we, we only have a few people we really, 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 really deal with because mm-hmm. ministry is dirty. Yes. 
ministry is dirty. Listen, we've had coverings, so-called coverings, pull people from our ministry. Mm -hmm. Pull people. How are you supposed to be covering me, but then you're trying to pull folks? Friends in ministry trying to pull people. Yeah, that too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We've experienced that too. You know, um, we, we've experienced friends calling friends. the members. You need to leave that church. Yeah. Yeah. And lying and lying saying that they, you understand? Do, do, do you understand how dirty minutes that? That's why I tell people, you better make sure you call to this. Mm hmm. I don't even be trying to discourage nobody in ministry, but I tell people, you better make sure you call to this. Everybody wants to be a senior leader. Everybody want to pastor people and, 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 and be over people until it's time to actually do the work. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You deal with a whole bunch of stuff in the midst of that. But see, you know, people love to say, you know, well, well, brother, they're not your sheep. They're God's sheep. Let me correct you. Mm -hmm. Let me correct you. Okay. And, and, and then people, people love to say, you know, where well, you're just an under shepherd. First of all, under shepherd is, is, is unbiblical. Okay. There's no such thing as an under shepherd. There's a reason why Jesus is called the chief shepherd. All right. Because he's the shepherd of all shepherds. Okay. He is the chief shepherd. All right, and you can't be a chief unless you have unless you have some after your prototype that's under you. Mm -hmm. All right, so says says she's the chief shepherd. So if you are a shepherd, guess what? God gives you a flock. You cannot be a shepherd if God don't give you a flock. That's true. That's like being a father without children. Woo. Okay. So so. So, so if, if let's say I'm a shepherd, let's say if I'm a shepherd and God gives me a flock, that's my flock. Mm -hmm. It's my flock, not in ownership, but in responsibility. That part. You know, uh, you know, people love to say, you know, they're, they're not your sheep, they're God's sheep. But I read, I read, I read in, um. I read, I believe it was in Exodus when Moses went up to the mountain mm -hmm. to get the Ten Commandments and uh, couldn't even really finish it good. You want to know why? Because God said, your people who you led out of Ooh, Egypt. Your people. Your people. I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. You can't debate me in this. All right. Uh, 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 your people mm. who, you let, who, who you led out of Egypt. Who you led out of Egypt. Uh has gone after idols. Hmm. And there was times Moses was like, Lord, these are your people. You understand what I'm saying? But God is also going to say these are your people. Mm -hmm. And responsibility. Yes. You understand? So I, I remember one time, um, uh, I remember one time, this was a long time ago, when, when, when I met one of our spiritual daughters, um, I was in my pajamas. I was at home chilling in my pajamas, right? I won't go nowhere. The Lord spoke to me out of thin air. He said, I want you to get dressed and I want you to go to the Christian bookstore because somebody I want you to meet. Long story short, got dressed, went there. I ended up, I ended up evangelizing for like two hours. 
you know, prophesying to people, praying for people, stuff like that. And then one young lady walked through the door. He said, I want you to go talk to her. That's your spiritual daughter. What? Mm. What? 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 You see what I'm saying? And I still have a relationship with her till this day. So, so you know, and, and I walked up to her. I spoke to her. I didn't tell her what the Lord told me. I just spoke to her. I gave her the word of the Lord. Um, you know, we, we exchanged numbers. We talked for a little bit. And then she came and joined our ministry. I didn't have to coerce her, manipulate her. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't have to coerce her, manipulate her. I did not have to, um, you know, do none of that. You know, I, I I knew what God showed me, but God had to reveal that portion to her. Mm -hmm. Right. So with that, with that being said, you know, you know, first of all, he said, my sheep know my voice. Right. Mm -hmm. There are people that are gravitating to your voice. Yes. If they're gravitating to your voice, then guess what? Most likely they're called to be your flock. Mm hmm. I'm not talking about people who just like what you say, right. but then they got 12 different other voices they listen to. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember another one of our spiritual daughters, you know, uh, we was at a conference in Texas and ministering and she was like, listen, it's just something about your voice. Mm -hmm. Your voice drew me, you know, and uh, it was a midst of a lot of people. And, 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 and you know, uh, the guy that was over me was trying to uh, trying to make her a spiritual daughter. But she was like, listen, I respect them. I respect them, but, but, but their voice don't pull me like yours. Mm -hmm. What do you do in something like that? You see what I'm saying? This is, this is something that I don't force on people. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? People naturally gravitate to my, to, to, to my voice and to my wife's voice. Why? Why? Because my sheep know my voice. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a position of leadership, God has a people assigned to you. That part. Whether it's 10 or 10,000. Mm -hmm. You understand? It, 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 it doesn't matter. And when these people begin to be displaced through manipulation, through witchcraft, um, through, through bribes and all kinds of stuff like that, listen, listen, God gonna hold y'all accountable for doing that stuff. God going to hold you leaders accountable for taking for Listen, we've sent people back to their pastors. Mm -hmm. There's people that want to come over here. We sent them back to their pastors. Mm -hmm. You know, you know why you come in with an issue with your pastor. You haven't even addressed your pastor about that part. Okay. And then a lot of times the issue gets resolved and they end up staying at the church once they follow our counsel. Mm -hmm. You understand? So no, we don't Lord over God's inheritance. Right. But the Bible does say we rule. Mm -hmm. The Bible says obey those that have rule over you. Why though? Why? You don't just obey just to obey. You obey because the Bible says they watch for your soul and must and, and, and as one must give an account. You understand? They got to give an account for how they've watched over your soul. Right? They got to give an account and, 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 and you got to make sure that they don't do it with grief because it's not going to profit you. Mm -hmm. It's not going to profit you. So when God gives you a shepherd and God gives you a leader, okay, you have to submit and obey because of their responsibility. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because of their responsibility. So, so all this, all this, all this stuff, you know, 
going from church to church, you know, and all this other stuff. Listen, y'all, a lot of y'all who do this stuff, you don't understand the detriment you're causing to your soul because mm -hmm. everybody's not graceful for you. That's it. Everybody's not graceful for you. Everybody's so busy trying to submit to what they like instead of submitting to what they need. Ooh, that's good. You understand? Who is your shepherd or who is your father? Who? Who? Mm. And no, God don't give you a bunch of uh, daddies and shepherds. No. Okay. Where's your flock? What flock do you belong to? See, see, these are all principles laid out in scripture. Yes. For structuring people groups, you know, around leadership. Okay. Listen, listen, you know, you, you know, if you're a pastor, you have a flock, that's your flock. You are responsible mm -hmm. for leading, guiding. Okay. Listen, listen, all you leaders, you're in violation if you come into another man's pasture. Or you come into another man's flock trying to take his sheep. That shepherd has every right because the shepherd is responsible for protecting the sheep. And I think that when shepherds get in protection mode, then all of a sudden they want to start calling it controlling. But isn't that what a shepherd is supposed to do? Yeah, they, 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 David. David was a shepherd boy. You know, he was he was he was attending his father's sheep, and guess what? He slew the lion and the bear that was trying to. He, Took the sheep out the bear's mouth. <laughs> and not in that time did anybody preach that what David was controlling. He should have just let them sheep go as they please. No. <laughs> no. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so the only time people yell control is when the shepherd used the rod to correct. Mm hmm. You know, or to ward off wolves or to ward off wolves. Now it's control, you know, but with what you said, I want to touch into, you know, the sequel that goes from my previous episode. Yes. You know, your pastor's friends are not your bestie because then you have these other pastors that shift shift sheep under the guise of, oh, I want to help them. I, I want to take them to the next level. And I'm not saying things like that don't happen now. We recently to an event, and I saw one of the most beautiful things that I do not see often in ministry. Um, the hosting apostle, you know, had someone there that they were being commissioned and all of these things. It's somebody that's already been commissioned, but it was done on the, the from the permission of her spiritual mother, who's somebody else. Right. There, there was permission given, and then that person was there to assist. It's nothing, it's, it's nothing wrong with helping somebody get to the next level, That's right. but it has to be done in decency and order. That's this right. person didn't, well, I, I know this your spiritual mother, but I, I just got to obey God. No, 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 no. That, that, that's from the doctrine of devils, because if it's really God, you won't have a problem doing things in decency and order. And if it's really God, that person's not going to, to refute it. It's going to work together beautifully. So this person had went through different kinds of training and processes under this other leader who was commissioning them in this or mentoring them, if you will, in this specific thing with permission. Right. It's not saying that these things don't happen, but the key is the permission. The permission. It, anytime we've had discipleship classes, we, we have encouraged people when they sign up, you know, there, there's a whole section you know, I check the box. I verified that, you know, either I'm a senior leader in ministry myself or if I'm still in somebody's church, I've discussed this with my pastor and I yeah. have permission. Yeah. 
because and some people say, well, I'm sorry, I can't be in the class. I really want to be, you know, my pastor said no, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. There, there's no coercing them to, right. uh, to defy their pastor. That's their relationship with their pastor that they have to work that out for whatever reasons wasn't their discussion. And see, if you have a difficulty doing this, honestly, there's something in you that's not in place. Why would you want to coerce somebody to defy their pastor in a situation that's not like a life or death? It's not any type of church abuse because right. you want them to do something. Right. Why would you encourage somebody to defy their pastor? And you're another pastor. Right. So you expect the people under you or submitted to you, assigned to you to obey you, to follow what you the advice and counsel you give them. But everybody else can just do what they want to do and not and not listen to their pastor on a situation that is biblical. Right. You're wrong for that. And there's an opportunist spirit in you. And, and there's a satanic spirit that's working in you yeah. because you're causing division and confusion. The Bible says the enemy is the author of confusion. So if you are encouraging somebody to do something that is creating and authoring confusion with them and the shepherd that God assigned them to, you're out of order. Yeah. You may not agree with it. We still love you anyway. Uh, you know, I remember. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna let you. People go don't it. understand. We've walked through this. Yes, we've experienced this in ministry quite a few times. And after, after, after you experience the same thing so many times, okay, you start restructuring your leadership. You start restructuring your leadership. You know how many people have tried to pull people from under us? You know how many people that was over us? You know, you know, you know how many people that came to us. Uh, was like, hey, I want to work with so and so, and you know me, I'm, I'm thinking it's good. I think it's a good idea, you know, you know, because every leader don't have everything, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just truth. Every leader don't have everything. If you think you got everything, you a darn lie. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I'm like, okay, well, that's that's fine. And she, you know, God came to me oh, with your permission, of course. Okay, and then when everything hits the fan, now you pulling people from out. You now you putting the people from under my cover. Mm -hmm. What? You pull it so so you come under the guise of with your permission, I want to work with so and so. And then all of a sudden, now you you want to pull people on coming to more. God showed me, God showed me. I've been waiting. You a darn lie. Mm -mm. And if God showed you, why didn't you let that transition take place naturally? You know how many people, you know, we had a spiritual son one time. We met him at a conference. Make a long story short, we met him at a conference. It was a bunch of leaders there, you know. And I knew from the day I locked eyes with him that this was my spiritual son. Well, do you know it took four years from the processes of time, from the time that I locked eyes with him and had this revelation to the time that God directed him on his own. Never had a conversation, never made any type of contact, wasn't inboxing him on Facebook, won't ask him for their number, wasn't given a prophecy. Four years over a process of time before that person made their way over wanting to have lunch discussing them being a part of our ministry. If it's God, let time run its course. Yeah. And see, the problem is a lot of leaders are immature with stuff like that. Yeah. Well, well, I see it. That doesn't mean that's the time and season for you to jump on it. Let God give them a revelation. Let them finish what they're getting for wherever they're getting it. God may be showing you ahead of time so that you can be prepared, so that you can adjust what you need to adjust in your heart. And you can be ready to receive them when that time comes. Mm -hmm. four years over a process of time 
you know, I'm in prayer and, and, and God kept showing me, you know, you all, and this was where I needed to be and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, Lord, I met them years ago. Let things run its course. Yeah. And the reality is if you want to work with a person and their pastor's not for it, there may be a very good reason. But it's for you. If you walk in the integrity of the office that you say you do, you respect that and you continue to move forward. And I find when people say, oh, well, these ain't your sheep. They belong to God. It's normally a preemptive strike and a a a it gives them confirmation or ungodly right to cross certain boundaries that you should not cross. Hmm. You know, even with mentorship. And this is why. We're funny about mentorship with a lot of people because a lot of people don't know how to define mentorship. A lot of people don't know how to connect. And I find that when I ask a lot of people, okay, well, when you say mentor, what do you have in what do you have in mind? What is your idea? Explain to me the scope of your idea when it means mentorship. A lot of people's understanding or personal understanding of mentorship is something that does not fit mentorship. Right. I'll give you this example real quickly. If you are a eighth grade teacher your job is to teach train and instruct on all things pertaining to the eighth grade you might revisit a few elementary principles for maybe seventh sixth fifth or fourth grade if it's deficient but your job is to teach everything up until the eighth grade in mastery after that time frame you're done you pass them on you may have knowledge in 10th 11th 12th grade or even college but your job is to instruct mastery in the eighth grade up until the eighth grade and that's it that's right. That is mentorship. You're specializing in a particular subject, in a particular uh, spiritual skill or gift. Uh, you're teaching particular mastery. You may teach other skills leading up to that tie into that mastery. And if you do cross over into counseling on some of their life issues, it's for the purpose of them having mastery in the subject you're mentoring them on. Right. That's it. See, some people all the mentor you, but then you overstep and try to take on the role as if you're the person's pastor. That's out of order. That's not what mentorship is. Mentors don't watch over your soul. That's it. The Bible says your, your shepherd watches over your soul. Obey those who have rule over you for they watch over your soul. Your mentor is almost like a big brother, a big sister, a uncle, a cousin, somebody who's going to be there and to teach you and groom you in mastery for something specific. That means that there is a starting point. There's an ending point. Eighth grade starts at a certain point. It ends at a certain point. College starts at a certain point and it ends at a certain point. And once it ends, you need to know how to cut the relationship off. And there's a lot of pastors, because they haven't dealt with their own attachment issues, they do not know how to accept seasons of ending and transition. Yeah. You might have been a mentor in this person's life for three years. You've trained them. You've equipped them. Now that mentorship comes to an end and you lovingly transition. Don't mean you have to cut the person off. You can still talk to them from time to time. But now you transition from a mentor to either being a friend and a peer or just an, uh, an uncle or auntie that they call every now and then for wisdom and advice. And you still should be encouraging them to find their spiritual parents, find a, a leader that they can submit to. And if they are in that situation, okay, well, did you check with them for what is their insight on this thing? You see what I'm saying? And you have to know, well, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, you submitted over there now, so I'm going to keep it covered in prayer, but you really need to walk through this with them. That's maturity. 
That's maturity. And when we can't do this because of our unhealthy attachments to people, we end up creating issues where we shift sheep places that they don't belong and then they're out of alignment. And, and then we like to deflect and say, well, Ed, these aren't our people. At the end of the day, belong to God. That's false humility and pride. It is a major spiritual religious deflect to cover up for the fact that you are stealing sheep from the place that God sent them because you disagree either with their pastor or their covering as a person or certain things in their doctrine. And you use that in your offense as a right to overstep your boundaries in a person's life. To, to show them that, that they don't know everything. Hmm. It's sickening and it's causing division in the body of Christ. It really, really is. Yeah. So we've got to stop shifting people unnecessarily because we disagree with certain things. And you've got to stop shifting people because you believe they're sob stories too, because that's the other side of this. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a sob story. Yes, there are people who have been legitimately hurt, yeah. uh, misused, misled, abused, whatever you want to call it. But a lot of people, 80% of people just have a sob story because they didn't get their way. Right. Because they didn't get their way. And one thing we always encourage people, hey, if you left wrong, you need to at least try to go back and make peace. Now, if the person mad, they don't want to talk to you at all. They don't want to answer your emails, your calls, your texts. Uh, you, you call the church office and they never get back to you. Hey, you've done your part to at right. least reach out right. and, and at least attempt to reconcile and make peace. But a lot of people do not try to make peace. So they hurt me. They was trying to stop my ministry. They preached on me. And, and, and it's this whole thing. It's this whole thing. Yes, there are unfortunate situations where people are preached on, but 99% of the time, nobody's preaching about you. They're preaching on a subject that triggers you because there's some things in you and you get mad and feel like you were preached about instead of actually receiving the revelation and the meat from what was preached. Mm -hmm. And so we go to these next places where, oh, with this side story, they heard me, they preached about me, they talked about me. And, and because you still have issues, uh, with abandonment and acceptance and you love to be enamored and revered for your gift, you just accept anybody with a sob story. Oh, come here. I got you. I'm going to pass to you until they do the same thing to you. Then you want to go back asking questions. We've had people, oh, well, you know, man, maybe they just didn't cut it over there, but you know, I, I got the grace for them. Okay, until they tear up your church. Now you right. want to call and find out the backstory. Oh, come over here. Now you want to find out what really happened. Well, mm -hmm. Maybe you should have did that before you accepted them in, in your church thinking somebody else's leadership was inferior or insufficient and you might not have had the split you ended up having in the first place. We've got to learn how to lovingly, the, but wisely, the Bible says, be wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. You could be gentle, but you have to be wise enough to do a spiritual background check to find uh, out the oh. track record yep. that these people have. If this person is so great and anointed, why is it the last three churches they left, nobody wants to welcome them back? Why is it the last three churches they left ended in a split? Why is it the last three churches that, that they left that ended up being a void in power and they had to hurry up and find somebody because they took on a position and then they just left. They didn't stay for a transition of power. They didn't allow anybody else to be trained up and raised up. These are the questions you have to ask yourself because everybody's not lying and everybody's not exaggerating. Some of the details might be a little fuzzy because, you know, if we're not keeping a record of wrong, we're not going to have everything to the T. But you start to get a bigger picture of the type of person this person really is. What is what was the real cost of them staying there? What was the real effect of them leaving and transitioning? How was the church affected for the better or the worse? Did things improve at the church when they left? 
those are the questions you have to ask. And yes, there's going to be some inner movement in the body, but we're talking about people shifting either because leaders are trying to pull them somewhere prematurely or because they're an opportunist going from place to place to place because they can't get their way. We've got to stop creating a space to harbor fugitives of accountability. Come on. And we've got to stop jumping at churches where pastors are shifting sheep from here or there because they're not meant to be a first share leader. And God hasn't given them that type of influence and anointing and sphere of responsibility. You don't have the grace to be a senior leader, but you want to be one. So you're going to pick people from people who do. That, that means you're out of place. And if we're honest, this is what a lot of this boils down to. You have a lot of people that want to be first year, first year leaders, but they're not graceful. Maybe you're called to be somebody's senior assistant pastor. Maybe you're called to be uh, the pastor of ministries in a larger organization. Maybe you're called to uh, pastor a group of people and assist, you know, all over media, over the greeting and the hospitality. You know, you can preach, pray and prophesy, but maybe show real grace in the body of Christ, you know? Right. But some people are not happy with being what God has actually called them to be. So they set out with an unselfish, excuse me, with a selfish and an unrighteous ambition to be more than what God actually called them to be. Right. And this is how we end up with these situations. Yeah, for so real. I want to kick this back over to you. What should people do if they feel like a leader is trying to shift them out of their ministry prematurely? Well, first thing you need to do is let them know like, hey, I got a cover. Mm. Hey, I got a pastor. I appreciate, I pre, you know, if they're in a position to help you or whatever, hey, I appreciate your help, but I have a covering and I have a pastor, you know, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what I have. I have a covering and I have a pastor. And then you need to let your covering or your pastor know like, Hey, so-and-so is trying to pull me away, you know, you, you you need to let your covering know. And some things, you know, if it goes too far, some things your, your covering or your pastor needs to handle with that individual. Mm -hmm. You know, because some people, some people, um, and I get it, can't say I always agree with it, but I understand it depending on what it is. Some people, they don't, they're not going to help you unless you give them some kind of commitment. I get that. Mm -hmm. I understand that. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Right. But sometimes it could come with motives. Mm -hmm. It could come with an agenda. You know, um, it can come with an agenda. Because if, if okay, if you are a leader, you know somebody's just passing through your ministry for a season. Guess what? You're supposed to give them everything that God has given you for them. Yes. You don't want, you want, you want to make sure that they leave your ministry equipped. Mm. Okay, because some people are sojourning. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're sojourning through your ministry, and you got to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. First of all, you know if you're if you're a senior leader of any kind, you know you you got to you you got to uh, get over people leaving you. Mm. You you got to get over people leaving you. Um, because people will leave for good reasons. There's those bittersweet moments, you know, where it's an honorable transition. They were sojourning and now their time with you is over. And then people will leave for, because of betrayal, offense, and all other reasons. And this is why, like you were saying earlier, you have to make sure you're called to this thing and grace for this. Yeah, yeah you do. Because, you know, 
you know, no no shepherd really wants sheep to leave. Right. Okay? No good shepherd. Yeah, no, no, no good shepherd, you know, wants sheep to leave. But if they're really your sheep, they're going to remain. Mm-hmm. Or return. Yeah, because there are prodigals who do return. Okay. So, so you know, we've and, and you know, we've experienced that too. And like, hey, we just embraced them with open arms. All right. So uh, 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 because we don't have a right to turn away anybody that God assigns us, we don't have that right because the call is not ours. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ours, but it's not ours, if you get what I'm saying. So, so, um, you know, you know, when it comes to being pulled, you got to. You, you as an individual got yes. to stand up to that. Yes, come on. And you don't have to do it disrespectfully either. Mm-hmm. Like, like, listen, Bishop, listen, Apostle, listen, Pastor or whoever. You know, I appreciate I appreciate what you're saying and what you're trying to do. But I have a covering. Mm-hmm. And that's for them to uh, that's for me to discuss with them. And that's for them to sign off on. Oh, better yet. In addition to all that, God didn't show me I'm supposed to be over there with you. That part. I would love to take this into prayer myself as well as alongside my current pastor, my current leadership. And, and we'll pray together. And if God really shows us I'm supposed to be over there, then I'll make that transition in due season. But right now, God isn't showing me or them that. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be respectfully blatant and direct. Yeah. God ain't showing me that. Yeah. So the other thing I want to touch on before we end this episode, if you realize you've been a victim of being sheep shifted somewhere and now you like you're listening to this or you realized it before you got on this, your confirmation, you're like, oh, shoot. They did shift me. I got got. Right. Oh, snap. I was supposed to stay where I was at before. What would you tell somebody to do in that situation? They realize they've been bamboozled. They fell for the okie doke. You are going to have to eat humble pie. Mm. It's nutritious. Oh, Um, my God. I'm serious. You know, because some of y'all left places and you left voids in ministries Mm. because God assigned you there. Well, you know, the pastor was wrong. The pastor did this. The pastor did that. And let's say the pastor was wrong. Well, maybe God sent you there to be a help, help to be a solution and to fix some things. No leader just wakes up one day and decides they're going to be wrong. That part. <laughs> no leader decides one day they're going to wake up and, hey, I'm going to sin today. You know, there's things that lead up to that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and maybe God positioned you there as an intercessor. Um, maybe God will raise you up as a prophetic voice in that leader's ear. You see what I'm saying? You, but 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 you left your post. Why? Because a lot of y'all, and this is another thing too, this is another episode, a lot of y'all come to ministries for what you can get, not what you can contribute. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were supposed to be one of the leaders to be in the interim while they went away to be restored. Come on. Now you're not there. Come on. Now you ain't there. And guess what? They got to carry on. They got to carry on and still work out their healing. Go back. Work out their deliverance. <laughs> Go so back. a lot of you, God is telling you, to go back to your previous um, previous ministries, previous coverings, and things like that. Make it right. Mm-hmm. Apologize. Them people just as hurt as you are that you left. Okay? Apologize. 
That's all you got to do is apologize and say, hey, I want to be restored back in fellowship. And depending on how you left, Okay, that may that may take a little that may take a little minute, but if you're humble enough and if you love Jesus, you do it. I've never seen such. I feel I feel like I'm older than I am saying this. I've never seen such a disrespectful generation. Back in the day, you would have been crazy to leave and try to tear up a church on the way out. Like, where did we graduate in culture where we felt like this was a good idea to tear up a church? Right. I, I don't get it. Even when I wasn't saved and I didn't know a whole lot, I knew you didn't do that. Yeah. How y'all hearing from the Holy Ghost and you obeying God? The Holy Ghost didn't tell you to tear up somebody's church to obey him. They're not hearing from him. That's the Mm-mm. thing. That's the thing. But see, okay, let's say if you were genuinely wronged, it still don't give you a right. Because the whole church probably wasn't wrong. Right. You might have been. Right. And see, people try to Okay, let's say if you had a genuine bad experience, that ain't everybody's bad experience. You can't bring everybody into that. That you it's and a it's, lot of you gonna be judged by God for that. It's wicked and satanic to try to bring the whole church into your bad experience. Yeah, we're we're not going to illegitimize. It's immature too. Yes, it's childish. We're not gonna illegitimize whatever your experience may have been. Right. But if you're trying to bring 50 other people into your experience that you had, and you're trying to change 50 people's view of the pastor because of your experience, that is wicked. Yeah, That's not you protecting yourself. That's not you protecting your soul. That's not you helping people. Because while you had this bad experience, they fine. That That is nowhere near their experience. And you trying to discredit their good experience by trying to bring them unrighteously into the reality of your bad experience is wrong. It's, it's, it's wicked. So definitely some of y'all, you have to go back. That, that, that is your word. If you realize you've been sifted somewhere that you shouldn't have been, you fell for the okie doke, you're going to have to repent and go back. It's like you said about the humble pie, because some of y'all went on and on and bad mouth somebody that now God is sending you back and you're going to look crazy to all of the people that you talked about them too. Yeah. Well, you said all of this. Why are you back there? It's hard. And to be honest, some people won't go back because of that very thing. They don't want to look stupid to the people that they went on and on gossiping about. Yeah. And they tell you, girl, you'd be crazy to go back there. No, 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 no. If you want to be right with God, you want to be right with God. Now you can go on in your gifts and your callings, which is out with without repentance. God will still use you, but he'll disinherit you. Mm hmm. You know, you know, and, and and that's just the hard truth. God will use you and still disinherit you. Why? Because you failed to, you failed to obey his instructions. See, you just looking at the pastor. You just looking at the pastor or the man or woman of God. It's just like, okay, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back there and deal with them. You know, they hurt me. They wounded me. They this and they that. And I'm pretty sure you wounded them too on your way out. Okay, so you're, you're you're just as guilty. So you so you might as well make it right and 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 so that God can get glory. Mm-hmm. Cause God will get more glory out of that, right? God will get more glory out of that. And 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 guess what? You're gonna have to show all the people that've been in your little ear the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. But see, do 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 you want to be? Right in the sight of man on the sight of God. Because being right in the sight of God, a lot of times you will look wrong in the sight of man. Mm-hmm. But it's it's up to you. It's your soul salvation. You right. Know? And a lot of people don't think this affects their soul salvation. That's the sad part. 
Mm-hmm. That's the sad part because first of all, it affects your soul salvation because dealing with obedience, number right. one. Okay, forget the pastor, forget the man, forget the woman. Mm-hmm. It ain't. It's, it's not even about them. Okay, because a lot of times when I be talking to God about certain people, sometimes uh, God be like, uh, "This is not even a son. It's not even about you." Mm-hmm. He'll he'll tell me flat out, you know, you know, when I say, "Well, Lord, you know, did why why do people try to do this to me? Why are they doing it?" He said, "Welcome to my world. This is what I deal with on a consistent basis." God mm-hmm. don't show me no sympathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, when it comes to stuff like that, so that's how I know it's not even about the man or the woman mm-hmm. of God. Okay, it's about it's about your obedience to him. Yes, indeed. So so if God assigned you to a certain sheepfold and you left for whatever reason, and you know God gave you a word about that fold. Okay. God gave you a word. See, see the reason why God shows show you all that grand stuff at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be tempted to betray. I pay attention. Mm-hmm. Anybody who gets any grand revelation about me, mm-hmm. that's 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 how I know those are the people I need to watch. Yep. And then you get a grand revelation eighty five thousand times. It's like in the Bible where Jesus had to keep working the same miracles because of their lack of belief. Yeah. He had to keep doing the same stuff, keep showing them the same examples. You pay attention when you read through those gospels. What? Now, Jesus did this like five times. He worked the same miracle. He he multiplied fish and bread more than one time. He healed paralytics and, and demoniacs more than one time. He's working the same miracles for the same people. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that you, sh- you know, uh, I think you should. I, I think every member should have a revelation of, of who their leader is. Okay, um, be- because well, that's a whole other thing. I I, I said it for another thing. But every leader, sh- every every person have a revelation of who their leader is. All right, but if God have to keep pounding in and showing you and showing you, or he gotta he gotta keep showing you all this dramatic stuff, you a rebel. Mm. You, you 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 are a rebel. If God, every person in our ministry who God ever had to deal with about submission, 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 God been dealing with me about submission. God been dealing with me about honor all the time. And God been dealing with me about this, 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 this. They end up being rebels. That's a whole episode. Why does God keep having to deal with you? Uh-oh. We're going to talk about that next week, too. Okay. Well, listen, do you have any other closing remarks before we end this episode? This was definitely loaded. You need to stay planted where you belong. That's where you will flourish. I don't care if you leave and things look like they're going right. You can you you can be successfully out of the will of God too. But but if you want to flourish in the kingdom, not just in the land, but in the kingdom, okay, of God. All right, and it's, it's different things now. You you're gonna have to you're gonna be planted where God sent you. God gives us leaders for a reason. Okay, there there, there will never be a period in time where we will never need leadership. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, there's leadership structures in heaven, the Bible outlines. So even when you die and go to heaven, you're going to have leaders up there. Mm. Okay, you're going to have people you're going to have to answer to up there. Did you know that? God ain't going to be the only one you answer to. Okay, you got you got cherubim, seraphims, you got archangels, you got angels, you got you got people who God has promoted up there. You understand what I'm saying? That have come into an eternal reward and have been promoted by the Lord. You know, I can prove all that in the Bible too. You understand? So, 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 so you have to answer to somebody. 
You got to be submitted to somebody your entire life. Mm-hmm. And even if you go to hell, you're subject to them. You're subject to the devils <laughs> that are there. You're subject to Satan and the devils that are there. So, 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 so choose, pick your, like they say, pick your poison, <laughs> you know, and really heaven is not a poison, but y'all get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and you don't know who's assigned to your mantle and you're selfish because you're thinking about you, but I was hurt. I was wounded. Sometimes you just got to get over yourself and, and let God navigate you through that season. Okay. So that you can, so, so that you can come out wiser, better, and, um, you come out with more power on your life. You touched on experience. something good. We'll have to talk about that in the future because people forget it's your responsibility to work out when you was hurt, wrong, and wounded. God still holds them accountable, but you're responsible for the soul salvation that you work out through those seasons. So we're going to go ahead and end this here again. This was a loaded episode. You guys stay tuned. There's definitely some more great content coming up for the rest of this season. Again, like, subscribe, and share. Check out that information in the show notes in the description box. And until the next episode on the F3 podcast, goodbye.